I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so I was I was the preacher Sunday. You know, you have a lot more respect for these guys. Once you do it, because that we have. Well, I appreciate two, that, dude. We have two services. I was ready because the first service is what is a what is a nice word? They're uh, laid back. There's not a lot of energy in the room. So I. But you're a big. You argued with me, and and about hermeneutics nope, and homiletics. Nope. Okay. So how does that uh, fit in? Those two things. You're the preacher. Homiletically <laughs> and hermeneutically. When you put it together, you, how did you do, Jake? We're back on this argument. But I never <laughs> found those particular terms in my Bible. They're That's not, why I'm they're concerned. They're not in there. Hermeneutic is how you study the Bible. Forget it. Homiletics is just speaking. They're not really connected, I guess, unless you were speaking about the Bible, you know. But anyway, I'm thinking, read your Bible and put what it says into practice, and I figured it'd, it'd cover the hermeneutics. Well, it was funny. It was, it was funny because Jay's lesson was really, really good. Which, by the way, we've been telling you this: wfrchurch.org. If you want to see any of our stuff, you can go there and see the sermons. You were in there. Yeah, I was there. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah you missed me. That's right it's there. foggy. I'm in one spot with the homeless and right. and over there, and y'all are over there. Y'all, in, the, y'all in Yuppieville. We're in the main campus, uh, Yuppieville, for, for West Monroe. I love that. Like there's four We have four a meeting of coming together of the homeless and and the uh, subdivision crowd. We've got them coming together over there. Right. And That's biblical. I actually mentioned that. Pretty yeah, good. Cool. Uh, did. Galatians. Well, I told about my icebreaker, if we want to go down the homiletic road, was uh, my trip to East Texas because I told about the education system. Because I, I went through, you know how people have the Romans road? I have not, it's not me. I, I borrowed it from Paul via the Holy Spirit. The Galatians <laughs> road, which is a good one. You know, the Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Because basically, if we're here to represent Jesus, I went with the sermon from the water, Jesus' baptism, when he received the Spirit, and God said, this Which you my previewed son. it on our last podcast. I did. You gave us the guts of it. I was just, Which is it, actually, it was a lot different. Like, I guess once you got into it, because we didn't know about the story about your friend that died and all that. So, well, I need to you, tell a lot story. of the Old Testament yeah. stuff, like Miriam, you left all that out. So, I was kind of waiting for some of your stuff. Well, I never... read De- Deuteronomy 8. You and did. I read an excerpt from uh, Jim McGuigan's book on Exodus that I thought was really good because it was more about why did God send them from this Red Sea moment where he, you know, the army was deluge with water and they were celebrating and Miriam was singing and everybody was happy. Then he sent them to the wilderness <clears throat> for 40 years. Yeah. By the way, I've been watching, I've been watching YouTube because I remember when both of you were infants, then little boys, young, young men, and now you're grown adults. It occurred to we're me because we've been getting enough. a lot of questions about, uh, how do we stop cursing? Uh, I, I use a lot of filthy language. I wish I didn't do it. We get yeah. a lot of those. Do y'all have anything? And it occurred to me when, when I read some of that, I said, they said they're having a problem with filthy language. So I thought, let's see, have I ever heard Jace in y'all's lifetime? Jace or, or Al in a fit of rage bursts out with profanity. 
if you've ever done that, evidently you haven't done it around me. I've <laughs> no. never heard either one of you use filthy language right. since I've been on the earth with you two. You know, on the other side of it, have y'all ever heard me get into an outburst of profanity since nope. you've known me? Never. Uh, I mean, well, when I was a kid. Since, I remember, since you've become a Christian, yes, no. no. Yeah, That's what I, I'm saying. Yeah, since, yeah. I'm on the Galatians road. I'm on the road. Right. I'm on a different path than I was on. No, back right, in my right. past, oh, I just it just flew out of me. I do remember that first year. I want people to understand that that's coming out of the overflow of the heart. Right, the, mouth. Mouth, the mouth speaks. And I will say this, the year after that first year you were a Christian, this should help folks that are new Christians that are struggling with it, that you still slipped every once in a while. You, would, you, you were trying not to yep. in front of us. Especially. That's correct. And yeah, you know, every once in a while there'd be a slip, something would happen, and you'd you'd say a curse and I can remember all of us like, uh oh, you know, is that is well, it I remember he's Kay, going back. He's going back, you know. So I remember Kay, you know, would be sweeping the house, something happened and she'd drop a S bomb. Oh, mom's was the S word. Yeah. She, she would drop it and like, then she would say, I'm so sorry. I should not yeah. have said that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's all she's ever look, done. I've never I mean, I don't wanna I wanna be kind to people who you but know, you know, to, I to me, back that, 30 to me years. that that that's one of the easiest things to correct. It's habit. I, it's habit. I mean, I've been listening around y'all for I mean, the duck blind out. I, yeah, I we said don't. For 30, they're, the they're last just 30 words. or 40 years. They're I mean, just words. And I mean, like, if I hit my thumb, you know, I roofed houses for a year. You know what? You're going to hit your, you know, bam. I'd be like, I'd say people's names or, you know, I mean, I, I went through different stages of how you respond to that. Well, we you got know, a lot of I mean? heat on Duck Dynasty well, because, you know, Willie especially, but all, all of us would say crap and not think anything about it because we don't see it as a bad word. But well, that's ridiculous. depending on how you go on the scale to somebody else, that's like saying the S Look, So I, I had a guy rebuke me one time for saying freaking. Because he looked it up in the dictionary and it had the, you know, the F word. It's a yep. euphemism for the I F said, but I chose, I, I I chose to use something that's culturally acceptable. I'm not taking a rebuke for saying freaking. I I chose to say something that's socially acceptable and not say that. So I I do not agree with your rebuke, sir. I mean, because I did. Well, I had a woman. I, I thought that's same, same thing with me. She told me. So this is how far you can go. She told me that any word that is said. In an exclamation, think about how long it took her to do. To, this was the rebuke. Anywhere that said, like, and exclaimed, or you're mad, or whatever, that starts with the letter G is a euphemism for GD. Well, that's just ridiculous. Like if you say garden seed, you know, or, or good night, good night. But that's you just use the Lord's name. I mean, that's where. Speaking of Galatians, and I was like, whoa, 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 that's, whoa. Uh, that's not what. So that's how far you can go the other way. But I think it's it's words. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I know Ephesians says, "Do not say anything." Uh, what does it say? Do not let uh, any unwholesome, unwholesome talk. Because it, it, nor every, should there be any obscenity or coarse, coarse joking. joking. Coarse which, joking. Which, look, I, I would struggle with that. But rather yeah. Thanksgiving, and so I think it's a general view. Some words that are cuss words, other places, like if you watch, you know. British TV, they don't say any cuss words because they're cuss words. We don't think are cuss words. That's right. So you're like, well, this is a clean. No, they're cussing. They're just, they say words that, you know. We don't get their words. Because <laughs> yeah. to them, if you said a oh, bloody whatever, that's a bad cuss or, word. Or you know? like shite, you know. Yeah. Well, see, I yeah. couldn't say that, you know. Yeah. that That's their SH word for oh, okay. here. I didn't you even see know it? That. Oh, yeah. 
Like everybody in Europe now, now just think I said a cuss word, but everybody in America said no. Ah, but good. so I don't. To me, it's not that big a deal. But whatever you put in your head, if you're around that all day, I think it's more response. You know, you think about when when this gets started. Why would you cuss when you're a kid? Well, you get mad, or you want to be cool. Well, all these principles on where that starts. That's the problem. You're you're trying to be something you're not, right. and I just looked at that and thought, you know what, that's just stupid. And I'm not of doing it, it. A lot of his peer pressure. That one of the guys that sent an email in, I can't remember your name, uh, but he said he worked at a mill, you know, and everybody cusses like sailors, and so he doesn't want to do that. I mean, he's he's a son of God, but his atmosphere is so difficult for him because for so long he did, and now he's trying to stop. Well, in Hollywood, so it, that's the only way they know how to be funny. You know, oh, yeah. remember every time they had an idea, it was always something dirty. Or Let's face it, something. it's out of control. Uh, evil speech is out of control in well, these United just, States. I, mean, I think it's just kind of embarrassing. And, you know, I don't, it's just one thing I don't have a problem so with. So basically, I'll, you train yourself not to use that kind of speech, is what I did. Yeah, me too. And, and, I don't and, use But curse if you words never anymore. do it, I mean, I didn't train. I don't do any training. I just think it's stupid. So I don't, I've never done it. I, even when I was in high school, I just I just chose not to say those words. Yep. I mean, I've thought them, but, you know, well, it does, it does affect – you bring up a good point, Dad, because it does affect your witness. Like, it really does. In other words, you well, know, of course. and you told the story before about the sound man that was converted because he, he was listening to us. It was our first show on Benelli. He said, and I'm not hearing any profanity. He kept looking for the profanity off camera because he hears everything. Every conversation, you know, these yeah. sound people, they hear everything. And he kept thinking, well, I know they're cussed. When are they doing this? Do they wait till all this is over? And they He go said, out? we all are. Yeah. So, Dad, Proverbs 27, 12 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Pretty good verse, right? Be prepared. Be prepared. So, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot ourselves about this latest virus threat and you know i mean it, it makes you it, it does make you take notice when you think there's something some microbe running around the world that basically forces people into isolation the bible's you know. full of stories about runaway microbes exactly pestilences, but they're really plagues just right. reminding you that we're all perishable that's, that's right, right. Exactly. i mean it's like we forget it exactly i'm gonna live forever well you're not gonna live forever without jesus that's right. So I was noticing, uh, I saw a thing on in Italy, you know, because they had some cases break out. So they were showing pictures in the Italian markets, you know, and just like you'd expect, just empty shelves. It was mostly pasta, you know, over there. Chaos. But mostly empty shelves, you know, just a handful, little thing of spaghetti over there. It's like, where did all the food go? Well, everybody's just like going and trying to get all their stuff so they can get indoors and not get the, you know, corona. Hey, they do that around here when you see one snowflake. <laughs> Forget oh, going right. to the That's convenience right. store. Oh, There's yeah. people running, just grinding everything, just throwing it in the shelves. Every piece of beef jerky. So we've got our good friends uh, at Patriot Supply uh, that are saying, look, avoid all that, and why not just start buying you some of their food, which, by the way, this is a four-week supply that's in this tub. And it lasts, like, what, 30 20, years? 25 years. 25 years. 25 years. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, it's dry-packed in here. What do you, just add water? Just add water. So if you, you got a little water supply. Oh, so I say they got the name. you got Traveler's Stew. Traveler's Stew. I thought and, that was pretty interesting. I don't even know what that is. Uh, we need to try Up to this. 25 years shelf life. Yeah, we should cook one one time. Yeah. Maple Grove here's, Oatmeal. Here's I the like funny oatmeal. thing about this. 
And I can smell, it smells like syrup. I can smell the maple. See if you can smell that. That is. Yeah. So, which is really interesting. So you got you got breakfast, we got lunch. So this thing is filled with a four-week supply of food. So you get you some of these tubs, something bad happens, you're going to at least eat. You know, and for most of the world, unlike us, we could probably find a few things to eat. Most of the world is in trouble, you know, whenever something well, yeah. bad happens. So if you go to prepare with Phil, Proverbs 27, 12, remember that, preparewithphil.com, uh, you're going to save 100 bucks off of one of these uh, four-week emergency food kits. So that's a great savings. Um, you got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, My Patriot Supply is still honoring their 45% off special, and they'll ship it to you as fast as they can. So be sure and prepare with com. Check it out. Get you some of this food. And some of you that have gotten it and tried it, let us know what you think about it, how tasty it is. That had nothing to do with my lesson, but in my lesson, <laughs> what I did was is as a detour. You just brought us back. Well, I don't know you, how we got off on that, but I went through that. The, I've been crucified with Christ, and I brought up the verse. You know, if if uh, righteousness could be obtained by observing the law or performance, then Christ died for nothing. That's Galatians two, right there, twenty one. You know, so we don't set aside the grace of God. The reason I did that though is because when Jesus was baptized, right before he did it. I didn't bring this up in the preview. He said this is to be done to fulfill all righteousness. And so I brought up the point that he was going to go back in time by his death and his resurrection and his ministry, per se, getting the Holy Spirit. But he's going to go back in time and redeem all those who had faith. And he was going to go in the future, you know, where we are. Yep. And so basically him being designated as the son of God before he starts his ministry, I was like, this is a key moment. And he hadn't done anything yet from a human perspective. So I think that's still that same thing about it's not based on your performance. You think about it, God said that, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. We, he All he'd done up to that point is no sin and built a few houses. You know, no miracles. No, he hadn't started his ministry. Right. But anyway, I went to the Galatians 3 26 and 27 i was quoting all this uh we're all sons of god through faith in jesus for all of us who are baptized you know have clothed ourselves and that's where i made the point about the uh east texas you know the education oh yeah you tell that story which i you tell the story here. which yeah. is fine because to me i'm like you could be the smartest person in the world and you have 17 letters behind your name if you miss jesus's forgiveness his life and especially his resurrection that's just dumb you're not that smart. So I, I did that. Then I went where we're all the same. It says we're neither male nor female, uh, slave or free, or you know nationality, whatever it says, depending on your version. And uh, then I read, quoted the Galatians four six about, and so God sent the Spirit into our hearts that cries out, Father. Then I read or quoted Galatians five twenty one uh, and twenty two. The differences before Jesus, you know, the acts of nature, obvious immorality, and it goes through that. Then, but the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. But I quoted all the scriptures on purpose because when he got from the water, the Holy Spirit went to the wilderness. His his weapon was quoting scripture. That's right. So that's why I kind of did a uh, from a homiletical viewpoint. I was kind of creating this idea that you've got to be prepared for battle with 
this. This is our weapon, Ephesians 6. You know, which also, sword of the Spirit. Which also is back to your earlier thing about cussing. If you got more of this. Oh, that's right. In there, instead oh, of. Oh, you won't stop using profanity. That's exactly right. Well, that was one of my points. I said, when it comes like to the cell phone, because it could be your wilderness. You know, I went through this, all the places that could be, you know, the wilderness once you have this moment of clarity and you're in Jesus. You know, the Spirit's going to, God's going to test you. He's going to carry you to the wilderness. But I said, one of the wildernesses that have come to light, especially from the evil one attacking you, is the cell phone. And so only made one comment on it. I said, I recommend you spend more time in this, I held this up, than you do the cell phone. I said, and you'll be good. Because you'll make better good. decisions while you're on the cell phone if you're spending more time in here. And don't give me that, oh, I'm reading my Bible on the cell phone. Yeah, that's what people do. I mean, Yeah, in church on Sunday morning. Like when I confronted sermon. my daughter a couple <laughs> years ago, you know, that was one of her few things she dropped. Because I said, is there anything in here that Jesus wouldn't approve of? This, this is all that, good. A cell phone has both good and evil. Like the tree, well, yeah, don't eat of that right. tree. Because it's so knowledge of good, good and evil. So this you've is heard. good, but the cell phone... Has so much evil, you say, what'd you do with that? I don't fool with that. So you've heard. So (laughs) (laughs) I told her, I told her, I said, is there anything in here that Jesus wouldn't approve of? And uh, she was like, well, I'll read my Bible on there. You know, of course, she was a kid. She was 14. There was stuff on there that wasn't good. But I thought, what are you? You think I'm going to fall for that? (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything on here that Jesus wouldn't approve of? She said, I've read my Bible on there before. You didn't answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) Nice diversion. By the way, it was a wonderful thing. Yesterday, y'all were there. Uh, I I baptized for the first time ever. I said, listen, we were at a a jacuzzi, which Sean Hannity would know, that there were no (laughs) alligators in it, nor cotton mouths. It's a, a, what do you call them? Uh, Hot tub. Hot tub. So we go it was to the our hot first tub, hot tub baptism. And I told him, I said, I've baptized no, a I'm, mighty I'm, throng my days on me. the earth. I said, but this is one thing I've never done. I've never baptized my great-granddaughter. Great anything. Because most people don't live long enough, as it turns out, for your, mm. your great-grandchildren to ever know your, their great-grandpa. He's passed on. It was a good point. Look, you know what I thought you were going to say? I was just completely wrong. When you said, today I'm doing something I've never done before. And I thought you were going to say, I'm actually going to baptize somebody without getting in the water. <laughs> Which was you, also a first, right? I don't first. think I've ever seen that. You got Bill Smith did it one time. Phil, uh, Phil got it up on the, uh, on the railing of the hot tub, and he's like, okay. You know, lean back, and I thought, boy, we're going to put her flexibility to the test. (laughs) But she's 14, so she's got good flexibility. But it was a wonderful thing. I said, this girl is my great-granddaughter. And and who knows, if the Almighty gives me another decade or two, you say, I will actually be looking at maybe her children, great-great grandpa but it was just yeah, a pretty really cool thing neat. you know i was looking at it, i said she's 14 years old i said by the time i got to be 14 i was cutting up pretty good so i just reminded her of that and she was very interested well in and fact. let me just say this because a lot of you ask questions about 
you know, how do I have a conversation? And this shows you that what dad is describing shows the power of conversation. So we've been talking to Carly for a while. She comes to me. I knew she was getting close. Yep. And so I just been waiting for her to say, you know, what do you think? And dad comes over like a week ago and he just happened, they happen to be together in the same room and they start talking. And I think dad just kind of looked at her for the first time and thought, man, she's a, like a young woman. Growing up. Yeah, she's growing up. So you just opened a conversation about being a Christian and getting baptized. And well, then a week later, she says, you know, I'm ready. So sometimes yeah. just a conversation, that's all you did. So we got a new ad uh, today and I, I'm really, I'm super pumped about trying this product uh, when I heard that we we're going to be doing it. It's called Hydrant. And uh, I didn't realize until I did a little research with these guys how many people walk around every day dehydrated. You know, if you're, you don't, you just don't think about anything. Well, you know, drink a little water, whatever. Nobody says I'm dehydrated. But it leads to a ton, not only does it lead to like serious health problems. You know, mom, when she was sick a few months ago, she goes in, of course, she has a lot of issues. But the biggest problem was she was so dehydrated. I mean, her kidneys were like close to failure. So what do they do to combat that? So basically, I mean, they provide, they've come up with a, a electrolyte packet. And so you mix it into your water. And it just mm-hmm. basically helps your body hydrate a lot easier. So it's not no artificial. You know, a lot of these ones you find, they got all the sugar in them. This stuff you drink now, you got to watch it. This, you know, there's stuff that's not good for you. So Hydrant, uh, basically, they did the research on it. Uh, it helps you get potassium, magnesium, zinc, all this into so your this system. this is like a water hydrant. Because when you said hydrant, I was, I was picturing a dog lifting his leg <laughs> on a fire hydrant. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> is that, was that your idea for their, for their corporate ad, maybe? Just do a- yeah, and it kind of goes along with it because you need <laughs> liquids. So you've... You pull up and get some of these, which is the equivalent, you know, of you hydrating yourself so you'll be able to lift your leg up. Yeah. I tell you what. This is the first time in my life I've ever come close to getting in on hydration. <laughs> Although, no, because you had kidney stones, you understood why you need hydration, right? Why you need some water. Well, when flow. you go to the doctor, what's the first thing they tell you? Drink lots Drink of liquids. Lots of liquids, lots so, of water. You know. Because, by the way, kidney stones, guess why? It was, My first question to, to the kidney stone catcher was, uh, how do I, what do I do to keep this from ever happening again? <laughs> and he said, all I can tell you is, I said, you know, coffee, tea. He said, oh, no, don't worry about all that. He said, drink a lot of fluid. Yeah, that's water, what A lot do. of water. Your, like, your greatest line in that story is when Phil said, I mean, they, they, I walked in, I sat down, and they said, we're going to go up in there. And Phil said, let me just stop you right there. <laughs> go up in there. Said, go right back to what you just said. Go up in there. Because that guy Which way are you going? <laughs> so hydrant uh, can help with that as well because it keeps you hydrated. So Basically, it starts uh, a buck a packet. That's a a 30-day supply. Uh, You can save even more if you do a monthly subscription. So here's what you do if you're interested in trying it, because I'm super interested in trying it myself um, because I drink a lot of water. So for 25% off your first order, you go to Drink Hydrant. That's one word, Drink Hydrant. It's H-Y-D-R-A-N-T, drinkhydrant.com. You enter the promo code Phil at checkout. Uh, and you're going to get 25% off your first order. So give it a shot. I think, I, I mean, I, I'm going to do this myself. Drinkhydrant.com, promo code Phil. Save some money. If you order the monthly deal, you save even more. So check it out. Stay hydrated. 
I want to give you a backstory on this. I don't know if you're aware of this. When when I was telling about my daughter, you know, having trouble with the cell phone, which she's doing awesome now. I mean, we're a couple years removed from that. Well, I was telling Jay, so if you back up two years, his daughter's 12. Well, I'm telling him about my daughter, you know, what's going on. And he's like, well, my daughter has a cell phone. I was like, well, you need to have a meeting about that because I, I think that's a little young, in my opinion. Of course, he's family, so I'm telling him, you know, how to shuck the corn here. But I was like, <laughs> you need to go, you know, get in there. Well, you know what's weird? Of course, she was 12 then, but he walked in there and said, uh, let me see your phone. Of course, he didn't know anything. I just, he yeah. was, I had told him, I was like, oh, if she's got a cell phone and you're giving her amounts of time, there's trouble. It's it's too it's just too it's inevitable. And I, I said, especially if you got like Snapchat or you know Instagram, something like Snapcat. that. Snapcat, what's that? Well, <laughs> Snapcat, Snapcat, Snapchat. It's a long story. I'm not gonna yeah, be able to go explain. into it. I don't even want to hear it. TikTok, TikTok's uh, the one I hear. Avoid. I did avoid. remind her, by the way, during my little discussion <laughs> with her. Snapcat. I thought I said, "How old are you, girl?" She said, 14. I said, 14. Hmm. Because the last time I remember, she was 11. So I'm sitting there, you know. You, <laughs> At least you, know, you remember you know, who time, she was. Three-year. Old great-grandpa. I'm looking around. I'm so like, that will come in. That? Yeah, he'll look around Carly. and say, now, who, who does, what, what's this one's name right here? Well, who does this one belong to? By the way, Jay, in but, difference to you, I, I did tell her because she had a cell phone sitting there. And I said, there's a lot of stuff on that cell phone you don't need to be watching. Boy, and her yeah. reply was, I know that. Papa, I know that. Well, I was going to so tell you what she happened. She let me know. You're, you're, I said, there's some stuff on that that's not good. Yeah. I said, well, I Once think I we tell need you to... the end of this story, you'll know. So, Jay, he's like, is there any – because I told him, I said, ask her, is there anything on there Jesus wouldn't approve of? Because I had asked my daughter that, and she she's older, so she first had a line of defense. So he asked her, look, and he said she just sat there, and he said her bottom lip started quivering. I said, well, that shows she got a good heart. You know, at 12 when you confront them and yeah. they – her little lip started quivering. And so he's like, I couldn't believe it. Because I was thinking, oh, my daughter's not, you know, doing yep, that. But, and my point is, you you got to have the conversation. But once you have the conversation, well, here we are two years later. And she was probably a little young then. But they started having those meaningful good and evil conversations and about life. And once you have the conversations, it's the perfect uh, backdrop to share Jesus right. and, and and she was understanding okay here we go so that's why I said I want to give that backstory because to me that's the more important but see part. that's you, one thing and I appreciate about what we decided to do as a family that we're all living here together because this is Jay's uncle my brother that's assisting helping my granddaughter be who she needs to be and her great-grandfather so i mean we're on the same page here we're, we're growing them up it's a wonderful thing. To, that's what we do it's yeah. a wonderful thing to have you know, Papa, the great grandfather, then the grandfather, and then the father, and it all the way up the chain, family chain. It's goodness, godliness, uh, and everything. Uh, encourage the young men to be. This is Titus. Ever all y'all they were listening to us. You need to read Titus. Underline every time it says, "Teach what is good, good, good." Uh, teach young men to be self-controlled. You could add women and everything, everything. Set them an example by doing what's good in your teaching. Show integrity, seriousness, and check this out, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. 
so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. He's just saying, watch how you roll, watch your mouth, because it needs to be uh, soundness of speech. Just be careful what you say because that's coming out of you. Well, you got to have those conversations. Yeah, I like it how when something happens in our family and then it's like a neighborhood family alert. You know, everybody <laughs> up, get your kids, get the cell phones. Here we go. Let's have you a conversation. We, have, we call it a bogey in the neighborhood when somebody there's a sighting of someone in our property that's not supposed to be there. Yeah. I mean, the the weapons come out, the oh. floodlights go on. It, it's quite the – And on the spiritual side, if something happens at school and there's a little rift about – well, one of our family members, younger ones especially, that's in a bind, whether it be speech or whatever, throw a temper tantrum. I mean, out comes the Bibles. I mean, it's it's like the, <laughs> yeah. the only weapons we have is Bibles. And well, that was my sermon, Sonny. That's it what was. I was preaching. I was like, "This is your weapon." So finish in your the sermon, wilderness. Jace. Her- hermeneutically so anyway, speaking. So I went through the sermon. I thought it went well. Uh, I did it both services, and then that night I went and spoke at a house church, and I, so I was exhausted. So. You know, you you go three times. So the next day, I go treasure hunting, which is what I do for, you know, it's it's like a uh, million miles away moment. You know, especially when you're exhausted. You know, and uh, and it's biblical, Matthew thirteen. You know, forty four. But I found something on my property. I wanted to show you, and uh, y'all know I've been doing this. I found these two, all these these in these two boxes. This is what I found. On my property, you know, at the old uh, plantation that we bought. Well, tell, this, tell, this tell is, them what, why you got into treasure hunting. We've talked about it, I think, maybe early in the podcast, but remind the audience. What happened was yeah, when. Are these silver. Uh, can't hear you. Can't hear you. Maybe Mike. Are up. these, uh, Jace? So this is uh, Civil War. I got some uh, Civil War buttons there. Civil War Yeah, buttons. I got seven or eight of those. And uh, that's how I got into it. When I. When Missy and I bought our, you know, what we turned into a bed and breakfast and a wedding venue. It's like the oldest house in our parish. In Washtenaw right? Parish, yeah. So, yeah. Jace, what do you have in your lap? You found well, that? Hold on. Al, ask me a question. So, so what I did was uh, Murray, who is, we brought to the Lord, what, 20 years ago? Murray Crow. 25. Probably longer than 25 that. 25. He was though. one of the guys who invented the, uh, mojo, yeah, the mojo, mojo decoys. decoys. Yeah. And, uh. He's he's into metal detecting and treasure hunting. Well, he kept asking me when we bought that place. He's like, "Will you let me metal detect it? Will you let?" But I didn't really. I wasn't familiar. I didn't know what that meant. I mean, so the like, house was built in when seventeen ninety. Well, they bought the or got the land from Louisiana or whatever in seventeen ninety. The Fios they were from France. There's some and, uh, roads named after him and stuff out at ULM. I mean, that's a big yeah. Name. He named Monroe. Yeah, actually, but. Uh, Anyway, they started building the house in like 1800, and it took them 30, 40 years to build it because they did everything by hand. But, see, I've turned the ground, what's under the ground, I've turned it up. So I know where their brick, where they made the bricks, where they had the metal working deal. Because whenever, I'm just, once you have metal detected. You're basically excavated your own property. I know where everything was. There was two, like their their servant quarters and, you know, where they were. And uh, you just, you, you figure it out. But, uh so my buddy, he was like, yeah. And, and well, I thought he was just going to come out and start metal detecting. Didn't you say it was a hospital, Civil War hospital? Well, that's what we think. They turned the chapel. There's a chapel, which we it's still in good 
good shape. It's like the honeymoon suite now. It looks really great in there. Yeah. By the way, you uh, can look it up. What's the is there a website? Uh, Logtown Plantation. Logtown. Yeah. So you can actually come, come stay there. Book I mean, an event. Yeah. You know, there you go. but it's it's pretty well booked. So if you you know you better hurry. <laughs> it's a really cool place. It you is. Know, a pe- cool people place. like it, and uh, so. So Murray, when he came out, well, he had an extra metal detector. And he's like, well, let's go. I was like, well, I don't know how to do this, you know. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to teach you. So for the first couple of weeks, he was finding stuff. I think the first thing we found was like an Indian head penny, which I've grown to love. So Indian but, uh, head designating. There's an actual Indian on the Indian head on the penny. Which says it's old. Oh, it's old. What I think year, this Dave? was the Give first Give us a time one. frame. What year? This was uh, 1902. This is the first one we found. Oh. 1902 Indian. 120 head. years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, we found an 1875 dime. And the first thing I found was an Indian head penny. I think this was the first one I found. Can you still what, call yeah, it Indian head? Is that like yeah, it's, politically I mean, it's, correct? I don't ever know anymore what, what you can say. Uh, eight, 1875. That's the first one I found. It's old. 1875. Yeah, Indian head. But That's uh, 150 years ago, almost. So then... Uh, I wonder uh, who dropped it. So I got into it. Look, it, it's a hobby. And what happened was... <laughs> see, this is my... I'll show y'all. Look, I'll show y'all mine. Yeah, I want to see the tools of your trade, Jace, because we, we've never brought all your stuff in there before. Yeah. Missy did tweet yesterday a, a picture. Look, Jace is laying out there in that big old huge thing right in front of his house. He's just laying down and with a big hole in there. He's just—he's literally laying down with his arms. Down what? The, she she took a picture of me. Yeah, she uh, tweeted it yesterday. It said he's always hunting for something, and it, you were laying there like with both hands and like elbow deep, you know. In the well, ground. it's because yesterday I look. I've been hunting my place for a year, and yesterday, embarrassingly, I found this. This is the second greatest piece this that I found. Look at it. It's a silver half dollar, 1912. Good. Huh? And uh, so she was out there. She asked me to come out That's there. That's in good shape. Oh, it's fantastic. You can still see the, the eagle on the back. She wanted that. me to help her do something, so I said, I'm going to go metal detecting for a little bit. No wonder silver's worth a lot of money. That's Boy, right. ain't that the truth. I hadn't even cleaned that. I literally wiped it off. Been and in the ground it. since 1912. So, look, here's my – I use a white. Mm. Uh, I think they're at an organ. And uh, it's kind of funny. They Missy pit, uh, she had posted a picture on social media, and they reached out to me, and they they were like, oh, you know, welcome to it. You know, metal detecting, and they were fans of our show, right. and they sent me this. And that's a and nice so, one, right? Oh, like, it's nice. Yeah. So, uh, And I had to go back over the ground that I'd already covered once I got this. So the idea is, because it's a better metal detector, but you put this on your head, Phil. Look, you put the earphones on, and then you got all your settings on what you're going for, and then you're basically listening and then watching. It'll give you a number. It's really dirty, too. I guess just wrong. Well, I'll tell you, this is, you're digging a lot of holes. <laughs> and so let me show you this. Oh, you got like a belt. Cool. You got like oh, a yeah. tool belt. So then once, once you find it, look, then this is your pinpointer. Because that tells you, that gives you a broad place so you dig a hole. But once you get down to it, see, then you need this. You turn it on. See, look what? See? 
So then so it's anything metal. So you're waving that over your what, No, your you're plug? sticking that in the ground. Okay. You're sticking it. To find it exactly. Now you right. got to pinpoint where right. that was, and which you'll find four nails before you get to that because this yeah, is much, any metal. But, so you see, we see your cool stuff here. How much, um, oh. how much <laughs> junk do you find just in comparison? I would say – the ratio is probably in the 90%. 90% of what you dig up. Cans, nails, anything metal. The the square nails and bottle caps and bullets. Those are the main three that you Worth find. I, I've dug up thousands. It makes you realize how violent a place it is. Because <laughs> I, I put bullets. I mean, there's a lot of bullets out there. Because like, I find them both. You find the casing. And the actual bullet. You know, it goes somewhere. That's what Murray's into. He's into those Civil War bullets, yep, you know. Yep. But I find, I'd say, every time I go out, at least 10 bullets. Every time, on average. I mean, so just, there, was a lot, there were a lot of weapons there. <laughs> I bet I've found, just at my place. Well, there was a lot of hunting going Look, on. Look, I found point. 10 pocket knives. 10. Which, you know, you think back 200 years. But still, that was an extraordinary high number. And plus, your but, place is right on the river, too, because yeah. it's just right there. And I guess that's how they got their stuff. Oh, there were there. boats coming up and, and, and parking there. Yeah, because then that became the spot, I'm sure. Once yeah, Fort uh, but, Monroe was, used to be Fort, Fort Myro. Myro yeah. mm-hmm. And, you know, and Thomas Jefferson and sent a group up through there, and they were laughing at the fort. They said, you know, the cracks are way too wide. Arrows will go right through that thing. How, how are they wanna, still alive, you know? I wanted to share this with you. This, you see this silver quarter? is the first silver quarter I ever found. Uh, what is that? 1934. But you see how it's curved like that? Yeah. You think, how did that happen? I, I knew it was a good signal, and I dug the hole, but there was a tree root. It was a big one. And uh, so, you know, I'm – Got an axe, and I mean, I went had to go to my truck get an axe. I'm like, I know there's something good, but you're trying not to hit it or anything. You don't want to mess it up. Well, right. And so I, I kept, I spent an hour in this hole around this tree root. I could not figure it out. Well, the reason this is curved, not it's not because I hit it. It had formed to the tree root, and it it had grown that that root. It was a part of the root. But it actually curved that over a hundred years, so, which shows you the I, power. I literally got had my tool and had to cut around the root and and get Finally it out. Pry it off. Yeah, pry it <laughs> off. I thought that I, was fascinating. I came around the curb on the riverbank. There were Indian relics on the edge of the river, pretty high bank, and I looked at the little pieces of pottery and shells that they had brought the. The fresh water. And that was right here, right? Yeah, yeah the yeah. fresh water, mm-hmm. water uh, musk, whatever you call yeah. them, mollusk. Uh, I could tell they had eaten there, and they were camped on the edge of the river. A tree, I come around the curve one day. I'm right along the river over there on our property, and there was a tree that had fallen across the road, a big tree, old tree. So I thought, well, uh, I'm going to have to chainsaw my way through this thing. So I began to cut this tree. When I got to the middle of the road, the road's like this, the tree's right across it. Well, I got about halfway, in, right in the middle of the road, and when I saw it, I looked down, I heard a little thump, and I looked down, and there was a stone uh, axe. You know, it looked just like a metal axe, but it was made out of stone. And, and you could see where someone had used it a lot. 
I think it was a, a it, they scraped hides with it. But the thing came out of that tree. <laughs> it fell hmm. out of that tree because I've been going through there for years. And there was no stone axe in the middle of the road, but yeah. the tree fell. I'm cutting the tree up with a chainsaw. And it falls out. And, and it falls out, and I'm looking on the, on the road, and I said, what in the world is that? So that tree grew up, and it just was inside the this tree. This thing was in the tree. Wow. And how it got there, I do not know. It was just laying there probably. I have it down at the house, yeah. but it's a stone axe, but it looks like you could tell where someone's hand had been. They yeah. used it so much. Just had their, a warm their place. fingerprints was kind of like in the stone, yeah. And they had looked like scraped beaver hides, scraped the meat off the the Indian women, and it looked like that's what it looked like. But yeah. I still yeah. got it to this day. Well, cool. I found you know you think about one place. I found three rings. I found three, four pieces of gold. Uh, I found some kind of gold nugget. You see this? This is a silver. Uh, it's silver and has a gold nugget. That we think it come off some kind of French uniform, or whatever. But you're thinking all this stuff is just in the ground. But the most valuable thing I found is the smallest, this little, you see the Star of David on it? Oh, when yeah. I dug this up, I thought it was a toy and I uh, stuck it in my pocket. But I got home and I got my magnifying glass and it said United States of America. So I was like, I Googled coin, uh, United States coin with the Star of David. And they made a three cent piece for 19 years from 1851. So you have a penny. They didn't have a two-cent piece, but they had a three-cent piece. This is a three-cent piece. Here it is. I have one. Well, here's the funny part. When did they make that? My, in 1851, from 1851 to 1870. It, ha! And uh, they, it was probably so small, everybody kept losing them, so they said, eh. But what's funny it's is yeah, my, it's uh, like size of my buddy, you know, he was like, well, hey, if this thing has a zero mint mark, he said, that's a rare coin because this is, was the sample. And I was like, well, what are the odds of that? I looked at it, zero mint mark. So I actually found one rare coin out there. It's worth pretty good bit of chunk of change. Not that I'm gonna sell it, but I just thought that was fascinating that I found. And look how small it is. I'm looking at it. I mean, it is tiny, and people overlook it when they're looking so at all that my were, stuff. That, if that was in your pocket after 1851, it, 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 I, I'm just trying to figure out. How big a leap could it be instead of a penny? Let's make a three-cent piece. Who was the guru who decided to do that? Well, because well, I think back then three cents was worth – you're thinking now a penny's oh, three not cents worth was money. big money. Back then, three cents would get you probably a you know a carriage with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so you're I, right. The value of – somebody – I'm sure some viewer will know the value of a of three cents – you know, 175 oh, years you ago. You can buy a small village with three cents. <laughs> I mean, but now we're like three cents. That is not. And well, now that little three cent piece, it's worth a few thousand dollars probably. You know, if it was in better condition. Did you but see? I could, did I could you, probably get three or four thousand dollars for it. When you, know? you looked it up, did it give you, did you read any history? Like why the Star of David? Was it just an homage to Judaism or I want I'm curious no, as I just, to why they would have I, I read it. I remembered it was, you know, back then everyone was religious. So it was just, you know, in the God, you know, there was a reason they put in God, we trust on all the coins. And that was even, you know, later on, but I'm just saying that was the bad. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big deal. I just, I just remember it said it had a religious and influence. Think about it. It was, it was basically during the civil war. Cause it was right before the civil war. So that coin was around 
during that era. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't specifically say the Star of David. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, cool. I thought it was some kind of game piece with the Star of David, you know? Yeah. Because I literally, before I cleaned that, I could not see with the naked eye, you know, the the date or the United States of America. And I haven't cleaned the backside because they say it's worth more if you don't clean them. But I cleaned the front side, like professionally. Yeah, and so I just because so I want how meticulous see what, is that the cleaning? You know, process. it is. It's you have. Did to you get, ruin some stuff before you? Oh, it? I have. I've ruined stuff, but most I mean, of the stuff I ruined, it wasn't worth much anyway. Like buffalo nickels, and because when you like, here's a buffalo nickel that I haven't cleaned. Well, you can't see anything. Oh yeah, but if you hold it just right in the light, yeah, you, know, you can tell it's a buffalo nickel. But most of the time, I take them and I just. Look, this is just taking a Brillo pad because <laughs> they're not worth anything anyway. I think it looks better if you just shave it down. Right. Of course, the more you do it, the less it's worth. I mean, this is worth literally five cents. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it looks cool. <laughs> so, but anything of value, I err on not cleaning it that you know that yeah. great. But some stuff I've found, you know, it came out of the ground. I mean, you look at this silver ring. I haven't cleaned that, and I mean, look at that thing. I don't know how old it is, but I mean it's a solid so silver. You found ring. some kind of something off a of necklace too. Didn't you find something with a gold embedded in it? I, uh, yeah, that's what I showed all ago. Out the French like uniform. I found this. This was a pendant. It's a silver heart pendant, but I mean it's beautiful. You know, I mean that's not. Really so what era? That's thing. silver, right? Is so, that a woman's I mean, a, woman's apparel? There, yes. Your guess is as good as mine. You can, you're not going to find this on the internet. I yeah, mean, because it, it's a specialty that. made, you know, item. It had a little uh, hook like you could uh, uh, pin. Oh, it was like a brooch. I yeah, mean, like I have a... the other pieces, but as soon as I grabbed it, it just like fell apart, yeah. you know. But, I mean, this thing's oh, old. So somebody wore it. It wasn't a necklace. They wore it as – that tells you it's old. Oh, I mean, when I found that this. Because this – I mean, you see – you're digging, finding nails and bottles, and all of a sudden you're like, Eureka! You know, you know what well, I mean? You know who's gotten into this now. Who's that? Jeff oh, Jeff. Yeah, oh, I know. He's you know, whatever woman, whatever woman lost that, you know she went back, backtracked, see if she could find it. Oh, they probably searched well, yeah. forever for that. But that's what you got to remember. That's why you don't find much stuff compared with how long you're out there. Or it could have been an attack where they were killed. You, you never know. Because uh-huh. you're finding stuff that people didn't want to lose. So that's why you, you got to remember the process. That's why I wanted to read this. And, yeah, and it's yeah, one that reason that I Oops. got into this. Where are you, dates? Matthew thirteen forty four and 45. This is kind of the theme of what we've talked about today. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, and I think this is, this is amazing, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. And, you know, the point is, it's when it comes to hearing what Jesus did on a cross and his resurrection, you know, the two themes here is that radical changes occur. I mean, you do things that the world looks at and you're like, what are you, what are you? Are you crazy? But, you know, as a treasure hunter, when I read this, I get it. <laughs> I mean, because, look, the number one fun that I've had from acquiring this property, I mean, we kind of bought it as an investment. We thought it's a cool place, 
for Louisiana, and we're all about Louisiana and our heritage. And we thought, here's this place out in the cornfield, and nobody's doing anything with it. And uh, the support from all the people that live around there for us fixing it up and returning it. Because it's a historical. Oh, it's uh, it's on the historical registry, you know. I mean, look, the outpouring has been awesome. Like, the whole community rallied around us, and they're like, awesome what you're doing. And it's cool. But I've had the most fun out there finding all these and you just did it because you didn't want to be bored like you were just thinking because well, my wife's like come help me you know well i got out there and did this i'll tell you this is not a funny story this is a point of conflict but i'm out here when i first <laughs> in other words don't tell missy he's, he's not yeah here. don't tell me she don't listen to this so we're good but look so i'm out there the first two yeah, weeks yeah, she'll never even know what happened except that you're Elaborating on it in a podcast. You taught me something a long time ago. It's easier to get forgiveness than permission. I'm telling this story. The first two weeks, I'm out here with this metal detector. Well, anytime it went off, well, I dug it up. You know, I, I hadn't learned that after a while, you're like, no, that's junk. Keep moving. You were digging everything. Oh, I dug up everything. You were a little gopher. So this thing we all went off, and so, so I your st- yard is looking like that movie, the woodchucks. And, I mean, the, the golf. Oh, it's worse than the name of it? Which, uh, you know, are you talking the, about the old bug eyes, the c- c- comedian? He was on there. You know, the tough crowd. Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Yeah, with yeah. all the yeah, gopher holes. You know, you got got <laughs> holes, holes in every direction. Bill, I can't <laughs> believe you made a Caddyshack. That's reference. pretty amazing. I'm impressed. Yes, but to answer your remembered. question, yes, that's how my yard looks because you can tell where I've been. But it's good for your yard. <laughs> wink, wink. So. <laughs> So I'm out You're here. You're just aerating. The the detector goes off, and so I start digging. Well, all of a sudden, I because um, I keep digging, I can't find it. And uh, it turned out to be a ring off of a whiskey barrel. I mean, this thing was this big around. Well, they had thrown the whiskey barrel into the trash bin. I had stumbled up on the trash bin. So I start seeing all this glass, all this broken glass. and Well, I found a bottle that was intact. Of course, I'm on my way to the whiskey barrel ring that was full of bottles. But when I went home and Googled, it was a Listerine bottle, and it was because uh, it it was dated when they quit putting court as the uh, as the lid, like 1925. And when I the Google search I was looking at, they were like off. They were uh, asking twelve dollars for the bottle. I was like, I got to go back in that hole. You know, I found a twelve dollar bottle. <laughs> So look, I I dig a four by eight foot hole, and I I got over a hundred bottles intact. Well, here was the problem: I got this turned into about a three. You, you dug a grave, is three what day you dug. operation. Well, look, I, I'm oblivious of the world around. I have gotten so into this. So my wife, that's a shock. Look, she walks. She's walking through the yard, walking toward me, and I'm my. I've got such a hole here. My head is. I'm below the ground. <laughs> And so she, she walks up. Well, look, look, I looked up out of the hole and look, she didn't say a word, but her lips started shaking and just, she started crying. I was like, I said, look at all these bottles. <laughs> she said, we have a wedding here in like three hours. I was like, but look at all these bottles. <laughs> and so, you're literally in a in a grave size hole. So I'm like It's like treasure <laughs> hidden in a field, the kingdom is when you find it. Uh he hid it again. 
Then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. So, so that I, was my point. Look, I had to put all the dirt over the hole. Yeah. And and I'm like, but my point was about reading that scripture <laughs> is basically me finding treasure out there. I mean, I'm glad I own the place because I've spent a year of just this is like the greatest hobby I've stumbled up on is doing. And look at all this stuff I found. And uh, and we're actually, you know, having fun together. But I've learned that if I'm anywhere a week inside of any venue, okay, I know treasure hunting, you know. So I'm, you know. Well, I tell you one thing that that parable always came across to me, which is a side point, but it's a good one. And I've heard you and Murray talking about it is that there was also a great integrity in the text. In other words, he didn't just go take the treasure because mm. the field belonged to somebody. That's mm-hmm. stealing. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, I bought the field so I could, you know, the treasure would be mine. Well, that's yeah. a point of integrity. And so when you, you guys, you just don't go looking like you have to get oh, permission. Oh, no, there's a code of ethics on it. But I, see, I, I like that. That's, yeah. that's the way it should be. You don't just go yeah. on somebody's property and start taking stuff. That's wrong. That's but right. the bottom line is, you know, I like it that Jesus mentioned this because, you know, the, the process is tough. It's not easy. You know, you're ex- you go treasure hunting all that, you're exhausted. I mean, right now, I mean, I, I'm sore from doing all that. But I but, have zero desire to do this. But the payoff is when you find something that's awesome that someone discarded. I think about that Luke 15 story where the woman had the coins, you know, which kind of they the theologians say it represented like their wedding band with ten coins, and you lose one, you're like, oh, no big deal. But to her, she swept her house till she found it. And when she did, what? Everybody's excited, you know. I just love how that's related to Jesus. Because, look, I'm out there just sweat, porn, dirt, mosquito-bitten, finding a bunch of junk. And then all of a sudden, I found that rare coin, 1851. I'm running through the yard, you know. <laughs> I did that yesterday when I found that half dollar. I mean, I was like a little kid. That's the first thing and he showed me when at Carly's baptism. He was like, look what I found, you know. There is a look, I walked up to Missy it, and I was like, look what I found. I mean, like, <laughs> well, you're going along in life and all of a sudden you run up on a story and a person that gives you immortality. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it is something to jump around and kick it. Is. Well that's the application. And that's for what the today. whole We should be is. running through the street. Oh, Look, running right. through the house saying, I found Jesus. It's the greatest I found immortality. It's the greatest treasure. Which is the ultimate point of what we're doing on the podcast. So in closing, um I'll say this. For those of you, a lot of you cross over and subscribe to Dad Show in the Woods with Phil, which is on Blaze TV, and we appreciate you guys that do that. So for you, you guys uh, we're gonna we're doing an episode about the baptism, so we have a video. It's about a four minute video of of my granddaughter getting baptized. Really cool. Um, at the end of the video, uh, I told Dad, I said, Dad, I'm gonna send this to Hannity because, as you know from the podcast, we had Sean on the show and we were on his show. You know, he and Dad have this ongoing thing about him getting baptized. So, but he doesn't like the snakes or the gators, right? So, so, so I sent Sean the uh, last night. I sent Sean the video, and so he always texts me late at night. I guess because he, you know, gets home late. But he said, "Ha ha, I'm in one thousand percent." He said, "Tell Dad, uh, no alligators." So, I said, <laughs> so "Well, we got we got a pool for you, Sean." So that's kind of ongoing uh, with Hannity. Yeah. It's going to happen. I know. He well, says, I told him, he I was said like, it doesn't in. make sense. Look, if you get God's spirit, why are you scared? Even if you get snake bit in the water, you that's now right. have God's spirit. You, you just, just go straight to heaven. Go to heaven. <laughs> 
Where's your courage, man? <laughs> his face needs to be slightly stronger than it is. Current time. Yeah. He's coming around. He's coming. Noted. He's, coming. He's a good dude. All right. We'll see you next time. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.